I don't like that you word do. anymore because it's too, you know. I mean, it's been <laughs> the D word. Yeah. <laughs> the D word got yeah. D worded. Yeah. Well, and R word reterritorialized. <laughs> <laughs> the beings I love are creatures. They were born by chance. My meeting with them was also by chance. They will die. What they think, do, and say is limited. It is a mixture of good and evil. I have to know this for all my soul and not love them. I need to do a test. If I vape, will it make a sound? Let's. Oh, I heard the. Ooh, the gurgle. Yeah. <laughs> Can I hit it? What flavor of Lost Mary is that? <laughs> okay, we got a Lost Mary pineapple mango. Uh, OS five thousand. So you went back to it. Elf bars are out, bro. Did you see what Towns had? No. <laughs> Towns has one called like a PI nine thousand, and it looks like a, <laughs> like. The kind of pillow that a ring bearer bears a ring on, you know? It, it's like, it looks soft, but it's... They made it look soft. You want to try it? And I got yeah. so excited when I saw it. I was like, I need that one. And it's supposed to have 9,000 puffs. <laughs> Lost Mary. We're, we're now sponsored by Lost Mary. That'd be, we should get a Lost Mary sponsor. <laughs> It does sound Lost Mary is. It sounds like it sounds like Grail Myth. Yeah, like, yeah it's really <laughs> weird. It's dope that like it's it's a message to the Protestants that you can't give up on Mary. Do you guys want to see the things that I've been using intranasally? Yeah, sure. Yeah. You guys are gonna be like, <laughs> but me, me and Nick can't do them, right? They're not sober. They're Russian peptides. What does that mean? Oh my god. Oh my god. Let me see. Limitless. Cognitive enhancing oh, you're research using, peptide. You're using Nupept? Yeah, I got Nupept. And then Anacetyl C-Max. DI <laughs> decolonized water. <laughs> decolonized water. <laughs> Uh, life is short live limitless <laughs> this product is sold as a pure compound for research does it do anything uh yeah i mean i feel it gustav and like, I, I don't feel like any kind of like, like uh it's not like a stimulant effect it just feels like i don't have like a it, it feels like i don't have a uh It just feels like it kind of like curved my anxiety a little bit. Like I don't have a care in the world. Yeah. 
<laughs> I was like talking about I was like reading the effects to to Aang and like one of them was just like it's like decreased fear response. <laughs> and she was like she was like, I don't know about that. Like she's like, I think fear's good. <laughs> you need fear. Gustav and Jack and Ava, they took uh Nootropics before the party last night and I was like they're going to have bomb nootropics at the party. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what did they take? They did took they just, like those energy pills? I energy pills, yeah. Oh my god. Were they rolling? Yeah, they were rolling. <laughs> <laughs> People were doing whippets out of like the like like the automotive grade whippets straight out of the can last night. Ugh. That's so dirty. I know. <laughs> what are the automotive grade ones? You know like there's like the ones that there's the whipped cream ones. Yeah, those are like culinary grade. And then the automotive grade is like a <laughs> giant blue bottle. It looks like a propane bottle. Oh, yeah, I've seen those. It's fried. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's like the that's like the Juggalo family a lot vibes, grade. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Dougie was the one supplying it, and he was dressed like a Juggalo. So. <laughs> Bro, just, you're like, Dog. that's like evidence. <laughs> His name is Andrew Hans. I'm just gonna make your life really hard in post. I'm not editing that out. <laughs> Dougie, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Please. <laughs> and then, yeah, I, I, this is flat TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah ask me, so tell me about your upbringing. <laughs> what kind of crimes were you doing at that age? In the ends. Okay, I, I'm really glad you guys gave me a platform to articulate uh, my theory of the floopy queer. <laughs> yeah, so... All right, so, wait, 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 wait. What? We might have to backtrack a little bit. Yeah. Guys... Hey, we're Anchor at... I'm the, new, I'm the third mic. <laughs> and I'm spicing things up. <laughs> yeah, so... Um... What do you what what did you want to back up to? We've doxed everybody but him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who are you? Hey, my name's Amon. Um, that's I don't know what else to that's say. It. I don't you have don't like need an, to introduce yourself. Yeah, I don't have any qualifications. I'm a Rufero loco. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're you're a Colombian Irish boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm from Minnesota, but I live in in Bogota. Mm-hmm. Where in Minnesota? <laughs> I'm from Owatonna, Minnesota, uh, home of Owl City, Harmar superstar. Um, so what? What was that like? Growing up in Owatonna. Up in Owatonna. Uh, <laughs> are you doing? This like, is a Vlad TV interview. <laughs> it was really hard in Owatonna, Minnesota. Um, I don't know, bro. <laughs> no, tell me about your. Tell me about your. Tell me about your family a little bit. All right, I'll give you the scoop. So my mom's from Foley, Minnesota, so she's from up north. And then my dad's from from Ireland. So so they they literally, like my dad, he graduated college, and then he just got a job offer in Minnesota, so they sent it. And they picked Owatonna. Like, my dad just researched, like, best towns to <laughs> raise a child in. <laughs> Then he picked it and then ended up just being fucked up. Like, 
<laughs> that backfired. Yeah, my dad's like, we got to keep him away from drugs. And I was like 12 years old doing oxys. And like having to turn down meth at like 12 years old. So it really backfired. All right. So you were, you were 12 years old. You're, you're getting into some cr- some drugs. Yep. What, you know, what what kind of things were you getting into at that age? <laughs> Okay, so what this, kind of crimes? What kind of crimes? Funny <laughs> <laughs> you say that. At the time, I was we called it car shopping, where you just like it's, a, it's like you're just stealing from cars, but we had a good name for it. Um, so I was doing a lot of I was doing a lot of theft from automobiles. Um, I was smoking a lot of K two. Yeah, I was smoking some of the highlights. Some of the bomb strains were uh, Tiger's Blood 10X Kryptonite, Mad Hatter, Cloud 10. Um, those were some highlights. Did you have a favorite strain? Well, the truth <laughs> the truth is that it was just like it was just like banal plant matter that they would spray with drugs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like, um, as, yeah, like research amphetamines. Yeah. So yeah. As the, I was like too young and dumb to realize that for a long time. So I thought it was like weed, like strains, but like sometimes I'd smoke it and it would be speed <laughs> and sometimes I'd smoke it and it would be an actual psychedelic experience. So, um, I, we, as the scheduling got more and more on point and the government was really trying to crack down on K2. The scheduling um, got more on point. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the feds. Yeah. Shout out to the feds, yeah. But then we'd actually learn... No cr- feds left no crumbs. <laughs> yeah, they ate. The feds ate, but we would learn what we were smoking after the fact because they would have to put on the package what it doesn't contain after it got scheduled. You know? So it'd be like, does not contain JWH018. And then I'd be like, huh? I was doing that, you know? <laughs> All right, so you you were twelve years old, um, and then, um, well, how did we meet you? Yeah, what, how'd you make it out? Yeah, <laughs> um, so I got a scholarship to go to Harvard. <laughs> um, I was studying economics, and then I got kicked out of Harvard because. They told me I was too smart. They said I was making all the other students feel bad. And because, like, I was just really dope, so I would just roll into class late. I'll be smelling like a gorilla finger. <laughs> God, that's, God. What does that mean? <laughs> like, a, like a big, fat, blunt. Doink? Yeah, doink or tits. No, I didn't go to Harvard. <laughs> I had a 1.2 GPA, so I went to the University of North Dakota. <laughs> Hanks died. Okay, I I actually met. I think I met. I like reached out on Instagram. I was like, "Let's be friends." You met us at our at our art show. Yeah, how I met you. Um, Yeah, yeah. Nick, we were skeptical. Nick, (laughs) I was like, "Was this man making fun of me?" Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nick had a, a cool poem, and I was like, "I said it was funny," and. I think that rubbed Nick the wrong way. You know how men are. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean funny? <laughs> funny yeah. how? <laughs> because you was... were like, it's cracking me up, dude. I was <laughs> like, what? what the fuck? Damn, what's that? You want a Waterloo? Oh, yeah. Thank we you. Should, we should, but it's it's warm, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Boy, Phil. My, my rider just had cold Waterloos. So... Yeah, we met you 
at the first the first event that we did yeah and did you meet Eamon that night too Hank yeah yeah no there was a like you immediately started talking with me about drugs oh geez uh you were on drugs right <laughs> no I was I had been doing Adderall for like 10 days straight in order to like complete uh some of the work and uh, <laughs> he was doing the work no, yeah. <laughs> yeah the accountability yeah. process yeah. <laughs> you're tweaking on adderall for three days so you can get the accountability process done and dusted exactly <laughs> i uh yeah but and, and for some reason i chose i chose that day the 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 opening to like be i was like i'm gonna be sober for this <laughs> and i was like i like crashed i don't remember that night I like remember t- talking with you, and and feeling like very uncomfortable because I was just like, yeah, like I, I was like, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm feeling like really bad right now. <laughs> like I said something like that, and you were just like, you thought I had been like doing like like Percocets or something. Yeah, you were like talking to me like that. And I was like very uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I don't know how it's like. You know how it is. Like men need an introduction. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether it be with other men or with women, you can't just be a dude. <laughs> You know, like, if a dude just walks up to you, you're not going to be friends with him. Yeah. At least not at first. Not at first. You're not going to like that. Like, if a dude walked up to us right now, well, if he walked up to us right now, he would be, like, doing a crime, but... Yeah. Like, you need an introduction, even with a girl, so, they, like, they know you're not, like, a creep. Hmm. That's true. Yeah. But tonight, that night, there was... Well, our one of our mutuals did introduce us, technically, but... But yeah, you guys were like in like presenting your art mode, you know? Yeah. Which is like a, mm-hmm. it's a vulnerable position to be in, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> you just, yeah, you just put some shit up. Yeah. But then how do we actually become friends? Well, I remember that that night I talked to you a little bit and you were, you were like literally about to leave to move to Colombia. Oh yeah. And so then you left like. I think really shortly yeah, thereafter. Like a week after. And then Hank and I started doing the podcast that spring and summer. And I went to New York that summer. And I remember when I was in New York that summer, you were like, you like slid into my DMs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were sliding into our DMs. Yeah. And you were just being like really friendly and encouraging, which is, you know, king behavior. King. Yeah. <laughs> I did that. Yeah. Was, yeah, I don't remember. Like, I feel like I've, like, reached... That's not even true. I was about to say I reached my, like, limit of male friends. Yeah. But I don't need, like, female friends either, so... But, like, I'm just, like, not sliding into people's DMs like that anymore. Yeah. You were in... You were definitely in a friend-making mode. Yeah, I was. But I, I think you found what you were looking for in, in us. Yeah. <laughs> We need a Lost Mary break. We should cut to a Lost Mary ad read. Can you imagine like what the We might have to we might have to make one of those. Cut to that right. Yeah. Yeah. We can write one of those. Yeah, you edit it in. Yeah, write one. And you just have to imagine what like the Chinese factory sends you as like the points you need to hit. I think that the Lost Mary ad again, I'm I'm still like I, I see this and I see I see the blood of Christ. I see the the lost Grail. Exactly, the Grail being you know the the lineage, the family tree. Yeah, of Jesus. Sophia. 
Yeah. The Da Vinci Code. <laughs> yeah. No, they had this. They had these in Atlantis. It's Atlantean technology that was lost and now found. Like the Irish. So, do you think the Irish are Atlantean or Hyperborean? <laughs> I should just tell the story of that book on the pod. Yeah, you <laughs> so, absolutely should. Yeah. You've been doing some research for us. Yeah, I've been. I was researching for Anchorette, and so basically, I'm at my parents' house now, and I'm like looking at my dad's books. And, like, 99% of my dad's books are just, like, books called, like, Football for Dummies. Or, like, you know, C++, like, technical books. And then I find one, like, History of Bantry Bay, which is where my dad's from in Ireland. And I'm like, oh, this is dope. Like, they wrote a whole history book about this, like, small town. Mm-hmm. And then And then I get into it. And <laughs> he starts, like... His claims become more and more incredulous as it goes on. It starts off like Pythagoras called Bantry Bay this, and I'm like, okay. And then, and then it was like, and then it was just like more and more. He's like Julius Caesar called Bantry Bay this. I'm like, hold up. And then he started talking about like the prehistoric Irish people, and he was like. It was just like this dude was riffing. He's like, he's like the forest was super dense, so they would build a fire, but they couldn't they couldn't leave the fire at night. So then in the daytime they would walk, and they would walk as far as they could, until they found a cave. And if they didn't find a cave by noon, they would walk back, and that's mm. how the Irish <laughs> took over. I'm like, how the fuck do you know that? But then then he gets like then he's like that's oral history. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, he he's like he's getting into like the mythological legend of the Irish, but then he's like just presenting it as fact, and then he then like he jumps the shark totally, and he's like talking about how like when the Atlanteans when Atlantis like sunk, the first place they stopped was Ireland, <laughs> and then they like they like regroup for like a hundred years, <laughs> and he was like, and the Irish had the largest ships known to mankind and they're all gone (laughs) and do you know why they're gone when the craftsman dies so does his art and he just leaves it like that like (laughs) i'm pretty sure there you sent a quote that was like literally just like uh god who was it was like (laughs) it was like yeah, it was like it was like Caesar talking about how like magnificent and like large the the ships were or something like that, like Homer. Yeah. Like and then <laughs> and then like the, <laughs> the funniest part is I asked my dad about it. I'm like, "Dad, where'd you get this book?" And he was telling me he's like, "Oh, I just bought it from a fellow on market day, Michael." I'm like, yeah. "I'm like Michael." He's like, "Yeah, he owns the bookshop. He just wrote a book." My dad's like, yeah, I worked with two of his brothers on the muscle ships. So it's just like a, a, a local dude. That, that's literally oral history. That's probably all true. <laughs> yeah, Irish oral history sucks. It's so boring. It's just like, it's just like, and yeah, then. Yeah, it spikes and, it up. Bro. Yeah, and then the poet class could wear a pelt of six colors. And the bardic class could wear a pelt of five colors. And it's oh, just like. Gosh. Well, like, every Irish historian, when you read it, like, they want to believe so badly. Mm-hmm. Well, the, so the, remind me, the, the Irish are Atlanteans. Yep. Or they weren't, they weren't, like, already there and they, like, interbred with Atlanteans, right? Well, 
I can't remember. I'm mixing up two accounts. I'm mixing up one account that was written by this Irish historian, and his goal was to like educate the Irish diaspora on their roots. The book that I got. The the story of the Irish race, the one Nick got me. But basically, there's supposed to be these like people called the Furbolg, and the Furbolg. <laughs> <laughs> The Furbolg, like, apparently, it was, I think the Atlanteans made a deal with them that, like, they can cook, but, like, because they went to war, but obviously the Atlanteans, like, dusted them, so then, I think the agreement was that the Furbolg could only live underground. Yeah. Mm. And then the book is, like, and that's how it is, you know? And the Irish, like, Irish people still be believing in fairies. Oh, yeah. No, they have, like, a huge, like, it's, like, a massive percentage of the population have like seen like leprechauns yeah the the quip is always like the fairies aren't real but they're there mm-hmm. mm. <laughs> i don't know what that means but everybody says that and i mean at my nan's house there's a fairy fort where the grass grows in a different direction so they don't uh, mow it nice it's a fairy fort yeah there's a fairy fort <laughs> and my dad's like and the goats wouldn't touch it and <laughs> i i like that have you and you haven't seen anything when you've been over there no, I've never seen a fairy. Okay. <laughs> strange, strange lights in the field. I've never seen strange lights in the field. I've never seen a fairy. I'm, I'm gonna see a fairy when I go out there. Leprechaun. You're gonna. You should capture one and bring it back to get it on Anchorette. Yeah. That'd be really bad energy. <laughs> I would not. That would be bad. Your your little cousin at the at your wedding was telling me that. In Bantry, there's a lot of dodgy teenagers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to be careful of what I say here, but yeah, dude, Bantry's just like a shit town, to be honest. It's like really picturesque. Yeah. But like the townies there are just like, there's just like intergenerational families of shit townies that'll like fight you for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Oatana. Yeah, it's like Oatana, yeah. but it's... Well, the problem is Oatana isn't pedestrian sized, so in Oatana they just like drive in circles. <laughs> like just, they just like drunk drive, yeah, you know? Like... But in Badger they just all walk to the town square. Just yeah. like argue. Wolftone Square. Damn. Uh, don't ask me who Wolftone is. He's some. I can't remember if he like. I think he fucked up the English at one point. Hmm. Oh, nice. It sounds like a like a bad indie label. Wolf Tone Square. No, it's Wolf Tone. Wolf Tone <laughs> Records. So do you feel like do you feel like an exile in your life? I I've had the thought that it's like I'm just continuing the Irish tradition of leaving, you know? Yeah. Like that's like the reason there's so many fuckers in America is cuz like Irish like growing up in Ireland is is hard, so people just leave and never come back. Yeah. You know, like, my dad left and never went back besides visiting. Now, like, the the new meta is to go to Australia. <laughs> you know, like, all of my, all of my like, Irish cousins that wear, like, skin-tight pants and they're buff. They all just, like, the, go like, to... Love Island contestants. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, like, if a Love it's Island like, contestant... Yeah, I was... seven stone. Yeah. <laughs> seven stone, that's, like... How much is that? Seven like... times 14. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my midget cousins <laughs> no they are like love island contestants i remember when i went when i was like when i was like my parents sent me to ireland when i was 15 because i was doing too many drugs 
and then I went to spend. That must the, have worked well. Yeah, I went to spend. Yeah, in in Ireland, you can like drink when you're whatever, but like drugs there are so hard to find. I was working super hard, and I found yeah. I had the worst weed of my life. From like when I was there, I was in Tralee with like my Love Island ass cousin. He plays Irish football. He's like pure. What's ten, Irish football? Like GAA football. It's like, um. I don't know when, I don't know if it was like invented after the revolution just to like make the Irish proud of themselves, but basically it's like, uh, it's like a mix of soccer and American football. You have to, every four steps, you have to <laughs> bounce it off the ground or what? drop it onto your foot and kick it up to yourself. It's like basketball. <laughs> it's not <laughs> every four steps. Yeah. But it's like rugby a little bit. I'm gonna need to watch. No, this. it's just Irish football. <laughs> it's the gas. It, yeah. But, but yeah, I went there and I, I we were like in the town square, truly getting drunk, and I like was fiending for drugs and like I just wanted weed. Yeah. And I had to like go through this like uh, Irish traveler guy named <laughs> named Butters. <laughs> and apparently they called him Butters because he put butter in his hair. But all the Irish travelers oh. are like bare knuckle boxers, so they'll really beat you up. Yeah, but like I'm dealing with this. What's a traveler? Oh Jesus, a traveler! It's kind of like nobody knows where they actually come from. Maybe that's wrong. <laughs> I, mean, I just like they sound like furbold, bro. They're, they're not. They're not mythological. They're very real. They're like an insular culture within Ireland. They have their own language. They call it a crypto language because like really they purposefully keep it secret, obfuscated. Yeah, like they don't want the outsiders to know. They basically like are they. Um... Are they, like, comparable to, like, Roma people in terms of... Yeah, but, like, uh, they're dis- they're distinct. They've been in Ireland for a long time. They've been an insular community within Ireland for a long time. Uh-huh. They're also called tinkerers because they used to just go around <laughs> Ireland and, like, fix pans and stuff. Yeah. Like, my dad That's knew awesome. this, like, uh, this hobo, this Irish hobo called Forty Coats because he would just walk around Ireland and he would just, like, get a coat when he got cold and then drop a coat when he got warm. Yeah, but basically, then the travel. I'm giving like the worst history because it's just like <laughs> this is a perfect no, Irish history. Great. Yeah, because it's like I've never actually researched it. This is just based on this what is people oral tell history. Me. Yeah, bro. I'm continuing the tradition. <laughs> yeah. This is the crack. Yeah, yeah, mighty crack right now. But I'm condition like the oral tradition of just like hearing something and being like that's true. Yeah, but like basically the travelers then now they just live in like RVs, and they just like. Uh, you know, no, there's no Irish listening, so nobody's going to get mad at me because I'm, like, trying not to be racist against them. But, like, they just kind of, like, sell broken chainsaws and like on market day. Yeah. Like, that's their vibe. And they're... And, yeah, they have... Uh, if you watch... What's it called? TLC made a show about them called My Big Fat Gypsy Wedding. <laughs> Is that, like... About the travelers or... Yeah, about the travelers. But basically... They don't travel anymore. Now they just sit in RVs. Uh huh. There's like right by. Never mind. I was gonna dox my family, <laughs> but there's a place where the salmon used to spawn right by my nan's house, and then and my dad was saying when he grew up he'd walk around there and he would find pieces of leather because they covered the paths in leather because mm. it's a castle, and the okay. la- the ladies wouldn't walk on dirt so they had leather lined paths. Huh. But yeah, a bunch of travelers live there now, so I can't go there. So you. So you had to 
you had to talk to bugs butters butters because yeah. he put butter in his hair <laughs> that's just what they said but then yeah thank you uh and then oh and then yeah we were drinking naggins that, that's what they called like a 200 milliliter bottle of vodka as a naggin so we we're drinking these naggins and i was a little bit like uh, twisted and then um I've, butters is like it's it's just like a fucking it was a, the dumbest mission because we're like walking across Tralee and I'm like having to like jump fences and shit to get to <laughs> Butters' house. And then in the end, Butters hands me like a crumpled up like thing of tinfoil. Yeah. Like I've never bought weed in tinfoil and I open it up and it's like, it, it looks like loose tobacco, but it's weed. It's just like the worst Oof. weed you've ever seen. Yeah. It's like, it's like weed from a bygone era. It's like... Mm-hmm. What I imagine weed was like in America in like the 1940s. Yeah. Right. And I smoked it all. And I didn't feel it at all. And they like couldn't Damn. believe me. They were like, <laughs> you absolute legend, you know? And I'm like, I'm like, in Otana, I have gas. <laughs> yeah, we have like scientifically. Yeah. Like. There's a grow house in Faribault where I get my weed. So, but yeah, that was a. Faribault. Yeah, Faribault represent. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, that was the journey. Yeah, but every time I've tried to buy weed in Ireland, it's like that. Mm-hmm. Like one time I was with my cousin, and like I got to this dealer, and he just looked at me, and he's like, "Nah, I'm not gonna sell you weed." And I'm like, "Why?" <laughs> he's like, "I don't know." <laughs> and I'm like, the fuck you mean? <laughs> he's like, whimsy, bro. <laughs> he's like, "I don't know. I don't know." <laughs> nah, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Like maybe a different day. I'm like what? I love that. Yeah, and we were partying in the council, in the council houses, the council flats. Yeah, and I woke up. I woke up. I blacked out, and I woke up in a in like a children's room, and then I realized I was in Ireland, and then I realized I was <laughs> in a council house. Uh, but that's enough of that. Yeah. So you you uh, ended up in Colombia, and that's. We we journeyed down to visit you. Yeah. And I think that that was like a very, it was kind of a whirlwind, but I don't know. I feel like, I feel like ever since then I've just been like, I've been feeling like tra- travel logs. I've been feeling, you know, I don't know. There's like something about it where I like, I've like, I've traveled a little bit, but that was like the first time that I feel like I, I. I really like thought about it while I was there. Yeah, I'm here. I'm curious to hear what you guys have to think about it because, like, I don't know what's interesting about Bogota anymore. Like, I don't know what's like you know. Now that I live there, yeah. Sorry, I'm uh... That's fine, silence. Yeah. Well, I feel like my transition was extremely <laughs> heavy-handed. That's okay. That's fine. What, what, I mean, what brought you what brought you to Bogota? Um, my wife's from Bogota. Shout out Paula. But yeah, and then I just went there to be with her and um yeah, I don't really want to get into details of that obviously, but Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, basically I went there to be with my wife and um 
What was that like? Oh my god. <laughs> I will say that like you guys experienced this but you didn't like it's one thing to arrive at a place and be like, "Oh, I don't speak the language," you mm. know, but like it's one thing to move to a place and you're like, "I don't speak the language." Like I had never experienced actually like I love small talk. I'm like, "You guys know me. I could talk to a fucking tree." Mm-hmm. But like Bogota in Bogota, I'm like I was terrified, you know. Yeah. And so that was that was jarring, and I had to become a digital nomad. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my boss. My boss kept. I went to a, a roofing conference. I work in roofing, and my boss kept introducing me to every single person. He's like, "This is Eamon. He's a digital nomad." <laughs> I'm like, "Don't call me that, bro." <laughs> He's a digital Irish traveler. Yeah, no, I want to. I'm an immigrant. I'm not a digital nomad. I'm an immigrant to Colombia. Yeah. But, but yeah, I don't know what else. I, I don't have any interesting things to say about the process. I'll say, like, the maybe interesting is, like, feeling the language acquisition process internally. It's a very strange feeling, you know? I never had spoken a different language before getting to Colombia. And, like, um, it, it's interesting when you when you cross like this threshold to be able to speak the language sufficiently and think in it that like you can start to actually like understand the people you're talking to and meeting in a different way you know Mm. like when i talk to a colombian person and i speak to them in spanish i feel like i meet them differently than if i make them speak english you know Mm. for sure I don't know. <laughs> no, you're good, dude. No, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I, tr- I trust yeah. in the edit process. Yeah. But I feel like uh, you guys are the ideas, guys. So you guys should just say an idea. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> you guys were wanting to talk about the synthetic character of the America, so. That's true. Yeah. I'm feeling, I'm feeling like extremely anxious today. Damn. So I'm just like very, I'm a little glazed over right now i feel that i've been yeah i've been very anxious lately too and it's strange because i'm not anxious all the time now so when i feel it i actually notice it instead of like yeah instead of it just being baseline yeah instead of like believing the delusions yeah it Mm -hmm. used to be like oh i'm having a heart attack right instead of like oh i'm anxious but yeah i I will i mean i think it's just ungrounding now because i don't feel at home (laughs) in america anymore but i also don't feel at home in colombia mm. you are in exile i'm in exile yeah yeah it was interesting it was interesting visiting you in colombia uh because i think what one thing that's been unique about our friendship with you is like it's been um I mean it's felt like really grounding but it's been exclusively like carried out in these like interim periods where you're like visiting here or like I'm talking to you while you're in Colombia yeah and like um it was cool to see like I tried to talk about this a, a little bit in my I I did I spoke at your wedding Mm-hmm. And I was like initially tempted to use to be like 
look at this amazing like coming together of cultures like across the world but like really it's not it's not like a coming together um it's like everyone is kind of like out of their element like kind of like uh where everyone is kind of displaced and that's what's that's what's actually like dope and that's like a quintessentially american thing and like irish thing too mm-hmm. does that Max. make sense yeah yeah no i feel that way and like i think it's interesting too because i've always had that thought because i'll be talking to you guys but i am in such a radically different environment than minnesota but like when you're just yeah. talking to me you might not realize that but once <laughs> once you guys were there i mean nick <laughs> nick nick almost got robbed yeah and yeah. like um I'm a little bit of a wet blanket today, boys. No, uh, you're good, dude. This is this, this is, is how it goes. This is literally how it goes. Always? Yeah, pretty yeah, much. You guys yeah. are beasts at editing then. <laughs> there are some days it's, where it just like Yeah. It slaps, but there are some days where it's like it'll be like it'll be like one of the one of the times it was like six takes of this mm-hmm. where like we couldn't get it going. Yeah. That's interesting. And I, we were like We, we were just like, have to keep trying. We were like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you literally Yeah, like I don't know. Just like guess my life's I mean, over. I've I've figured out that that's why a lot of podcasts are terrible is that like a lot of people don't care if the shit is hit, hitting bad. They'll just slap it on anyways and yeah. people will still listen to it, you know. Totally. And I I respect that, but we are um we have developed a method that's mm-hmm. very painful for us where we wait until we wait until the conversation flows. <laughs> it's a like Quaker style. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You do Kinda qu- is Quaker, Quaker style. podcasting. It, yeah, it is. You yeah. just let the, all the awkward stuff cook until something good actually yeah. bubbles out. Or you can probe it. You can like probe the anxiety. Yeah, that too. We, we do like self-directed therapy on each other. Yeah, <laughs> but we're trying to. I don't know. I think that got us into hot water exactly with each other and. You guys are psychoanalyzing yeah. each other on the pod. Literally. Yeah. That's like, what, what do you how do you feel about that? <laughs> how does that make you feel? When the boys therapized and Yeah. But yeah, I told I told Nick, I'm like, I want to come on the pod to talk about friendship. Well, what do you want to talk about with friendship? Yeah, we don't have to talk about Colombia at all. Because I feel like when I talk about Colombia, I feel like the burden of like saying something smart about Colombia or just like not betraying Colombia or portraying it in the wrong way. But yeah, the truth is I have nothing to say about Colombia because I still feel like a foreigner there, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like at least I speak the language now, but like I still like when I'm in Minnesota, I feel... um a sense of belonging that I don't feel in Colombia just because like, or like photography, like I do photography and I find like I'm much more interested in photographing banal things in Minnesota that like to the outsider looks super fucking boring. Mm. Whereas in Colombia, I'll see the most beautiful thing, but like it doesn't speak to me, you know? Yeah. Like I don't feel any sort of ownership. For sure. Over. I feel like that, I mean, that's like interesting too, though. Like if you came on here and you're like, 
I went to Colombia. I interact I with found another myself. exactly. I interact my my interactions with the beautiful culture there, like made me realize that like I was not the man that I thought I was. No, I'm not. <laughs> it's, you're just like it's just a place I live, and that's yeah. That's honestly like very sick to me. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's. I think I think that's like it's perverse how people like approach moving to South America because like the digital nomad thing. It's just about like, it's, it's just, just about, about exploitation. Yeah, just rolling up to Minka and being like, "Let's fucking." It, go. It's like I make twenty five dollars an hour in America, but in Colombia I'm rich, yeah. and I'm not gonna learn a language. I'm just gonna like live in my, hang out with the other digital nomads. Yeah, and go to the L Irish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I wanted to talk about friendship. Okay, right here you put it. Cut. It's the friendship hour. <laughs> yeah, what, um, what, what about friendship <laughs> <laughs> interests you? No, I, I just think like, was it inspired by our, our last episode? Yeah, and I really like what you guys are doing because I would say as I become friends with you guys, and I'm I would be because like when I was when I was younger, all of my friendships were like. Just about people I occupied space with and did drugs with, you know? Mm. And as you get older and you start, like, actually trying to get close to somebody, you find that, like, it becomes more gratifying but more painful the closer you get to somebody. And it never gets easier. It just gets harder. And I think you guys are um, doing that on a podcast, which is crazy, but, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah, in some ways, I don't think we realized that's what we were signing up for. Yeah, no. We just thought it was like, yeah. <laughs> we have dope convos. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm dope and I do dope shit. That's, you have to like have that mentality. Yeah. To, yeah. To want to record yourself. Yeah. Even if you want to displace it a little bit, be like, we're doing something. You have to like have that initial like. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's true. What you said about how friendship is like um it's like hard and 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 hella awkward sometimes you know yeah what i'm just laughing when i said it i'm like we have to talk about friendship i think that's that's true what you said about friendship (laughs) i it's it's like a really like really understanding i'm 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 trying to connect what you were saying about like learning like another language yeah and and like actually being able to like connect with somebody on that like in like a in like a small talk way like you can get like a better glimpse of them mm. even like like my my command of the only language that i really know english yeah. like i have to like deepen that and like my like thought about that in order to like like connect connect with people like like at the more the more i like deepen you know my interaction with like language and the and the ways we can communicate with people i feel like it it does it just like unfolds more like you know can you say what you mean (laughs) can you say what you mean right now (laughs) please (laughs) this is like the perennial like me and hank interaction (laughs) uh and i'm not 
<laughs> no, no, I, I'm uh, what, I'm just what you here. mean by deep in your. I think I know what you mean by deep in your interaction with language. With language, yeah. Well, I mean, last night, you know, uh, I was talking um, to Ang about just like. I don't really want to dox how she's feeling right now, but like, yeah, I was, I was talking about how I often have this experience of like not feeling like settled in like my beliefs mm. or like my connections with people. Yeah. And I basically have to like often like just like check myself by like turning against it and like, and like figuring out like where I'm at with that and i think the same thing kind of goes with like with like language and like the language that i use yeah and like use to like describe the world or like my like friendships with people and then it'll kind of like by by being like uh this is like lame like the way i was talking about it here like you know then i'll like start you know trying to like incorporate different language and like thinking and then i'll like end up going back to the same things with that, like with that experience and knowledge that I've gained by like interacting with like other ways of like, you know, communicating. Yeah. If that makes no, I, if I'm, if I'm like getting anywhere, yeah. no, let, let me be, I'll be charitable from my experience, strength and hope. Um, that's a fascinating thing about like the term I've I call it in my head is like slickery, you know, like language slickery, mm-hmm. and that's like in English in any native language you have thousands of pre-built phrases that you just use, and then and you don't actually ever investigate what they mean or anything because everybody says them. But when you learn a new language, I experienced that like I had none of the slickeries, so like. Yeah. To communicate, I had to actually try to say what I meant, you know? Mm-hmm. I had no, like, I had no, you know, like, horde of idioms. I had nothing. Yeah. So, like... <laughs> it's like we're, like, language is like this, is like this raft that we're, like, traveling on and we're all, like, exiles in, in language because it's like it's what we use to communicate with each other but it separates us like like tower of babel shit like you know yeah but then like you like you have all these like you have all these like defenses that are like that are like born in language and i I feel like there's like the like throat chakra thing is kind of like it's real real like even though you know it's uh probably over you know it's 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 whatever i'm not even going to qualify it it's it's like you can feel when you're like living in the words that you say like that's anxiety for me Uh, is going around and like saying things and like not like living in them no and not being able to do anything about it it feels really weird no it's like it's like when when one man says to another like yeah i've been i've been kind of depressed lately (laughs) you know you know know. there's like a fathomless like yo it's like depth to that i i feel like that kind of the slickery yeah you know to add on to your raft motif yeah and i think we were talking about this a little bit after we recorded the episode but like the last episode but like 
I've been really feeling lately that like, yeah, that's slickery. Those are like implements that you're just like handed Mm -hmm. and you can like steer the raft kind of. And like they have like varying levels of like ability, but like really you just need to like hang out on the raft and like let, you know, let it take you to like the destination. But I've been feeling like lately that slickery is, is like, I don't think, I don't think we should like let that like define our like our like language use because i've been feeling lately that like you know the kind of like psychological terms that they like dumped into like the culture you know i mean everyone knows knows those words Mm -hmm. now you know yeah i was i was processing holding space (laughs) exactly i was talking to nick about chosen family yeah where i was like i i hate that how do we go from manson family to chosen family (laughs) That's that my like, cold open. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we start. <laughs> We're gonna try to start doing cold opens. Yeah, like nice. little monologues. Oh, I'm nice. sorry. Go ahead. But uh, but but I do think that like my so my experience, my like big thing that I got from Colombia, right? So uh, actually, you know what? I'm not gonna bring that up yet. I want to define what I'm talking about first. Yeah. So a chosen family, um, as someone who is like. I don't really have connections with my, you know, extended family. My mother's passed away. My dad, I do not talk to the man. I, I basically interact with the world like I'm an adult orphan or whatever. Yeah. Um, there was like a period of my life where I was like, yeah, I can like, I get my like chosen family. Like I'm building my roots. And then like I would, I would watch it like, like things blow up Dissipate. in relationship. Yeah. yeah. And, and I would feel like extremely unmoored from the world. And I was like, why isn't this working? Why isn't like just choosing people working? Yeah. And it's like, because it's just because like the the phrase is there, if you don't have like a real understanding of it and like how to like bring bring that idea into the world, it like doesn't quite work. And I was thinking about that in Colombia and not, not really language and it's all kind of piecing together. But one thing that was was awesome about Colombia is that just like the way people were presenting themselves in the world like you know there's like huge punk populations there and stuff like that and and just like the type of like subcultures and stuff there if if you tried to like rock that here it would like come with all this like baggage of like people would be like oh that's how they are you know like it would have that you know it would be attached to like this crazy web of culture and like you know people would have notions about it and it just felt like very freeing to just like be there and you could just tell that you could kind of just present yourself however you wanted to there really i don't know and so i'm just thinking about you know i think it comes two ways you know (laughs) because me personally i've realized like like my my drip like how i want to dress is different in Colombia than it is in America. And so it's made me cognizant when I lived here, I never thought like, cause it's, it's cringe to like explicitly state how you're trying to present yourself, you know, as a man, you know, like if my boy was like, I'm trying to be Y2K today, I'm going Y2K today. I'd be like, bro. But like when like, 
Like when I'm in when I'm in Colombia, I want to dress like a hick. Yeah. Yeah. But when I'm in America, I'm like, I want to dress like a. Like amen. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Dude, last night I was just wearing my normal clothes, and and three different people asked me. They're like, "Are you, are you trying to be like a chav? Are you trying to be like a British guy?" <laughs> And I'm like, no, I just dress like this. Because I was wearing a trackie and I was wearing like... I was wearing a trackie and I had a, like a crossbody bag on. So I guess I looked like... A... <laughs> That's dope. I looked like a roadman. Yeah. <laughs> um... No, but... Uh... On, on, like, the pre-built phrases, I think it's funny because, like, as a language learner, like, all the idioms we use constantly that we don't even think about, they actually just, they they mean indirectly, you know, we don't think about the actual words themselves. So, like, okay, in, like, Latin America, they say, like, sana que sana colita de rana sino sana soy sanaras mañana. <laughs> For sure. Like... If you translate it, it sounds crazy. It's like, heel, heel, like, uh, like frog tail, <laughs> you know? But, like, to them, that doesn't mean, like, I learned it, and I'm like, heel, heel, frog tail, like, what the fuck? But to them, that just, like, is the song they sing when you get well, you know? Yeah. When you get what? When you get well, I'm talking like I just, like... <laughs> when you fix. Yeah, I'm talking like I, like, you, like, get a shot of dope to get no. well. I'm reading that fucking book with junkies in it, so I'm talking like a junkie now. <laughs> Not like... <laughs> no, like, just like that, you sing that to people... When, when you recover from illness? Yeah, no, to get sick, it like, means, like, get better, you know? Yeah. So to a Colombian, they hear that, and it's just like, oh, it's like a cute way to say, like, feel better. But, like, as a language learner, I don't have any of the pre-built meanings of what that means, so I'm like... Yeah, idioms are really, idioms are really crazy in another language. Um, I think they can tell you a lot about poetic sensibilities of a people. There's this, um, there's this philosopher, um, Giambattista Vico, who was like an Italian... I think like Renaissance era mm-hmm. guy and um he has this whole like weird he has this whole like weird uh anthropology of like humans that I I like don't remember well enough to like really explain um but it's really rooted in language and he's it's sort of like pre-Hegelian he talks about how like language is how we develop consciousness of our own like power and he talks about that the Greek, uh, was it Greek or Roman, Solon, S-O-L-O-N, who said, like, know thyself. Um, and, like, you know, that was, like, a big deal back then when yeah. that dropped. Yeah. <laughs> and Yeah, now that's just, like... Now it's just, like, whatever co-opted into, you know kind of like a um like a personal thing like tell your own story yeah whatever but at that time it was like um it was about like the plebiscite uh 
like knowing that you were like a human being or something like that. Yeah, not Wake like a, yeah. not a slave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um any I don't know, he talks about the whole development of so I like it's like cool to compare between cultures the way that the way that you know language breaks down shit. <laughs> For sure. I'm I'm pretty zapped right now. No, we're yeah. we're we're circling around something. Yeah. Yeah. It's this like, is how it goes, though. It's yeah. like that that poem. Uh, <laughs> the the falcon can no longer see the falconer, or whatever. Yeah, things. You know that fella. Things fall apart. Chinua Chebi. Mm-hmm. No, he quoted that Yates poem. Oh, the Yates like, poem. Yeah, things fall turning apart. Turning and turning in the widening gyre. Yeah. Things fall apart. The center cannot hold. Yeah. Mere anarchy. Loosed upon the the crackers. <laughs> we should talk about crackerism. <laughs> well, here, I, I feel like something that I'm like getting at here. We'll we'll get we'll circle back. Let, let me pee really quick. I, right. I drank a lot of coffee. Okay. Do you guys ever take notes? You guys ever be like we're we're no. talking about like because all of us want to say something about the same thing, but we're like not finding a way to talk about it. Th- that's literally how it works <laughs> and then and then when we find a way to talk about it, it that's when it, it pops it, off it hits crazy because yeah. yeah. like we say something and i'm like what hank said is dope and then i'm like <laughs> and then I, I like have an idea but when i go to like do you want like a piece of, you want a piece of paper you want a notepad no <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna be drawing like <laughs> it's like when I, my mom and dad would make me go to like the my parents switched it up and we went to like a rock and roll Baptist church and I used to just draw like geometric <laughs> figures the entire time. The pastor would be like, <laughs> the pastor put on a Johnny Cash video, you know, Hurt. Oh, he put on Hurt? He put on Hurt on the projector and Damn. the whole congregation weeped. That's awesome. I weep too. It's a Nine Inch Nails song too. I know, but it's crazy. The Johnny Cash version hits differently. It it does. Cuz he's an old man and he's dying. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. Um I'm getting like It's funny that we're talking about like the inability of language to actually like communicate with like each other and know each other and meanwhile we just one boy says something and then uh, oh, I'm so sorry. No, that I was lost a lost Mary, Mary fail. Uh, <laughs> it's like one of us is like, yeah, language, man, it's trippy because like you say something, but it doesn't actually mean how you feel. <laughs> and when you want to communicate with somebody, and then somebody else is like, yeah, man, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> you. You know, it's actually like a plea if you think about it. Yeah. You know? Like it a, is a plea. Rolling up, just like grab, it's a straight grabbing, up plea. Grabbing your boy by the collar. Yeah, the Minnesota plea. Giving is, him the plea. Yeah. The Minnesota plea is softening every sentence like you know, but it's actually like you're begging, yeah. you know? <laughs> like I'm depressed, you know? <laughs> yeah. Will you save me? You know how it is. That that one, that's a that's a that's a classic one. Uh, yeah, I used to say vibing on the beat. 
Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah, a lot of my friends started saying, I'm vibing a few years ago. And that was like, that was like a scary one as an <laughs> idiom. Because <laughs> it like, it, is. it like doesn't mean the way it was being used in this particular friend group was like not. It wasn't, it didn't mean like I'm having a good time. No, no, it's, yeah. like, it's like bad vibes. It's like, but I'm vibing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it means like nothing makes sense. Yeah, exactly. So I need, I need an idiom that's equally yeah. senseless, yeah. you know? Logic has like completely left. And I'm like, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm completely the, t- at the, the ties of... that bind have broken down. Yeah. I'm vibing. Yeah, mere anarchy <laughs> yeah. has been loosed upon the world. I'm vibing though. Uh I found my love on the gasworks craft Dreamed a dream by the old canal Kissed my girl by the factory wall Dirty old town, dirty old town. Heard a siren from the docks. Saw a train set the night on fire. Smelt the spring on the smoky wind. Dirty old town, dirty old town. So, should we keep going or you guys want to take a break or something? Two minute break. Whatever's clever. A quick okay. little break, yeah. Let's that's take a that's short a, break. whatever's clever. That's another pre built phrase I use all the time. Yeah. Mm. Let's Okay. Let's take a short break. Damn boys. Take some jumping jacks. Now you've been you've been initiated into the Yeah, I feel like I'm made of podcasting. I know. Honestly, I think that there are some things that are hitting. Oh for sure. We just need to we just need to I understand on. I'll say you guys do a good job of hiding how the sausage is made then, you know? Because when it sounds so polished when you release it, Nick gets Nick gets crazy in the editing. Well, not all like not all episodes feel like this when we record them. Also, like what Hank and I will do often, and this is what's hard, is that if we have a session that goes like this, and frankly sometimes it's worse than this, um, then we'll just stop for the day we'll try again like another day yeah. so we often have to do that like two or three times until yeah. it hits yeah. yeah so a lot of material just doesn't get used yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but I think I think we can keep going with this you know it all relates yeah I want to like provide a solution yeah I want to like come to something That'd be crazy if we could. <laughs> the solution. The language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll say, I, 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 like, 
went back to my old journal and I found this old journal and I was super lost and it just said like I retreated into a world of language you know yeah and that's how I feel when I get anxious mm-hmm. that like I'm not actually interacting with the world and every single interaction I have even with like a daily object is like colored by my internal monologue I remember earlier this summer I was like is it is it still recording it is we should just be on right now well I'll tell you guys this I don't want to put this on the podcast yeah. but I was Vivian and I had only been dating like maybe a month or two maybe like three months or something because this was probably in like June or something and I was like I was just feeling like really anxious about I was I get I get in cycles in in any relationship but in this one where sometimes I'll feel I'll, I'll start to feel insecure um, I was like talking to Tyler about it and then I talked to Jack about it and I was like you know I was talking to him about it in the sauna and he was just like he's like well the Pete the Peter solution is that like you should just like have no internal monologue and for some reason that was like extremely helpful in that moment because I was like I, I remembered like oh yeah like this is like all my internal monologue like it's all just me like yeah trying to like reason my way through this thing that like can't be reasoned yeah and yeah it's like it was like kind of funny that's how I felt when I wrote that like when I, I wrote yeah. like I think it's like I retreated into a world of language and called it the world yeah but like I found like the more like for example sometimes when a meditation really hits I'll come out and I'll just see my room in its objecthood and exactly. not you know like and that's a very jarring feeling when like you realize that you've been going there's through there's been this frame over your whole yeah reality. you haven't even occupied the space that you exist in yeah you know yeah, I get in that way. I get in that way all the time. We should all cold plunge. Yeah. But like, I mean, <laughs> I just had a thought and then I was like, are we recording? But no, like, with the language, like, language, you don't need to, like... Me and Paula fell in love without speaking each other's language 100%, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you don't need to, like... Like, language is not the prerequisite for communication or being in love. It's not at all. You know? Mm-hmm. It can inhibit it in many ways. Mm-hmm. Because, like, what we're... Like, the slickery comes with your own baggage and you... Like, Paula had to be very careful with what I said, and she, you know? To speak directly what I said, because like I can't be like, fucking. I can't even think of an English idiom. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you can't just be like, we'll just we'll just take it as it comes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because Paul would be yeah exactly because Paul would be like, what do you mean? Yeah. So you have to say like, let's just date for a while and see what happens, and that's far more direct than like. Yeah. Ah, uh, you know, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? Whatever happens, happens. Uh, the Irish is good. The Irish, you know, is like. That's the Irish plea, you know? At the end of every sentence. 
mm-hmm. and all super tired like and my wife she wouldn't stop talking like it can never be one of us. A red boy, ear looking Robbie Keane. My bros on the wing, no Damien Duff. 16 with a 16 inch. A story got back for things and stuff. Yeah, the scene and they'll stand jogging. Best believe you will leave with a tracksuit. They catch you and you ain't got nothing. They will grab you and smash your face. It's a scary place. You got robbed by your next door neighbor. And the next day they ask for a favor. Maybe that got the cocaine's list. Mad up, mad up. Run and that shit don't add up. You're real bad man. Come man, get stabbed up. You want chat shit. Ugly boy, get bang up. It's far from good in the hood, but I still got love for my side of the town. Real talk, what you know about struggle? I screw around there with gloves in a duffel. Yo, being from Dublin, but you don't know shit about me. I never been jail, never been OT. I'm on the seaside with my grafters beat. I got love for the boys in the seaside, cause seaside got love for me. Shots again, that's my clamor family. Aye. Yo, being from Dublin, but you don't know shit about me. I never been jail, never been OT. I'm on the seaside with my grafters beat. I got love for the boys in the seaside, cause seaside got love for me. Aye. That's a key, that's my karma for my life. What's up, dude? Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Oh, shit. Yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> How was your day, dude? Bro, I was just grinding. It was, I didn't do anything special. No rest. Are you doing anything special later? No, uh, we got some cake, but I haven't ate some yet. But Paula's like begging me to stop work so I can eat cake. Because she, she won't fuck with the cake until I've ate the cake, you know? But she really wants cake. <laughs> sure. so, that's what's happening over here. Um, So you didn't have a chance to listen back to much of it, I take it? No, nah, so you guys... Lead us in. <laughs> God damn it. Um, that's fine. Well, you're home now. Yeah. Back in Colombia. Yeah, home. I'm home. It's yeah. a dope day today. The weather's good lately. No rain. <laughs> well, I remember the conversation, but I I can't remember what was off the record and what was on the record. Don't worry about that. All right. Yeah, I started. I I stopped listening once. Uh, like not like five minutes in. <laughs> That's okay. Um, well, I was thinking. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was I was thinking about how we were talking about language, and we were talking about like kind of like the insufficiency of language um i felt like we were circling around something that was like we're kind of talking about how i think i feel like we were talking about like the miracle the miracle of communication in a way because really we were kept we kept talking about how it's crazy the language like doesn't work but it's it's actually crazy that it like does work like at all Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and I, i feel like we we were talking about those like pre-built phrases that we all kind of rely on and like idioms, but we kind of failed to account for how like those things like arising in the first place are like, it, it like comes from people like 
like bending the system of language to make something new that like wasn't accounted for before it's so funny because like i i didn't think about what i was gonna say or i didn't listen but like the entire day while i was working i was like trying to solve this like a problem you know i'm like what's the solution when language fails but i didn't have any good answers what do you mean like at work you were trying to solve that like i was you know doing my bullshit and i was just thinking like I, I want. I basically wanted something good to say when I came here. Oh. Because, but it's we're doing the same thing that we were talking about last time that we're like talking about um, the insufficiency of language, and now we're coming up insufficient. You know, like I was thinking about Samuel Beckett too. You know, on in texts for nothing, he was like writing stuff that was like. You know, like to use like a computer science metaphor, like getting close to the metal of cognition, you know, mm-hmm. like, have you, have you guys read that? No. Mm-mm. Oh, well then, well, I just remember like it starts like one of them starts. Like, <laughs> I'm like, no, I gotta exp- yeah, you have to well, explain yeah, it. That's it how even if works. we had read it, we were just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, go. it's like, no, like I remember like one that really hit was like. Like he like it's it's inner monologue stuff, but he was like really breaking it down into its barest units of language, you know, like he wrote like I can't go on, I must go on, I'll go on. You know, like that was I just remember that hitting. And I think he also chose to write mostly I okay, if I say the word deterritorialization, then Nick can do the rest, right? well say what say what you mean because he like i think you know like beckett chose to write in french a lot because it freed him of all of like the the slickery of i didn't want to say that word but, but that's what i'm talking about when i say that like idiom is like language like stretching like and then and then over time it becomes emptied again you know yeah that's 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 what that process is i don't like that word anymore because it's too you know i mean it's been the d word yeah (laughs) the d word got d worded yeah well and r word (laughs) re-territorialized <laughs> but sorry, I cut you off. You. No, I should have prepared on that because I was thinking about that. That was good. Like, <laughs> but like, yep. Yeah. I was, you know, like I was thinking about that, and then I started thinking about a roof. But what kind of oh, roof? talk about the roof? Yeah, what kind of roof? What though? are we talking? Standing beam. Standing beam. No, <laughs> standing seam. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. Uh... <laughs> Talking, talk, thatched. Talking about language, I haven't said where I work, right? So I can talk about it. You talked. You said you were Rufero Loco. Yeah. Okay, that's enough. Well, then that's fine. But I mean, like, I use AI all day to write about roofing. (laughs) 
the intensity and, with and... which he looked at us but he said all day yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you felt that yeah and it's surreal because like you think it's crap but like um you know like gpt4 has gotten to a point where it's incredibly surprising how good it is and how like it's so funny i i have it trained to write per this one account constantly and it got updated so it's better now but one time i was like can you write a, a 9-11 post for for my client you know and it was like it couldn't help but like because i had trained it to be like you know like we're always selling our services and stuff so it was i wish i could find it it was literally like it was literally like as as we honor the fallen today let's not forget about the benefits of standing sea metal roofing <laughs> let us never forget that if the north tower had had standing beam roofing if if building seven had 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 standing beam roofing, Stand, standing seam, seam. Sorry, 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 standing seam roofing. Uh. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, bro. You got me. How does I it feel? feel like, how does it I feel? feel... I was just saying, how does it feel being a poet using ChatGPT? What? <laughs> I haven't even tried that yet. Like, no, no. I just mean I, like, I just mean like you, like, you're someone I know who writes poetry, and you use ChatGPT too. And I feel like yeah, that's like well, a, you don't use it for your poetry, but no, no I do. No, I'm just kidding. But, but <laughs> I, 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 I wonder, like, because I know what you're, you're like asking me a question, and I'm supposed to say, say something, which I guess is how language works, but. Um, I I was thinking about that too. Uh, it's unrelated, but like that, like if AI continues the way it will, like on some Benjamin tip that like it might get to a point where AI can produce texts that are indistinguishable from from a human, and that in an, in the end it might come down to like the way Benjamin was talking about the aura of a piece of art, it might come from, there, we might come to a point where it's about like the aura of a text and just the knowledge that like a human wrote this, you know? That, that, oh, we were talking about that, like, that, that also last time, uh, like the, you know, as a plea, you know? Mm -hmm. Like when I said that, I, I was, that was a plea. Like I said something and I'm like, I'm begging. Like, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I was just thinking I had a, I had a, I had a different question. Yeah. But it was, um, it might be too in the weeds. The question is too in the weeds or we might just currently be too in the weeds. <laughs> well, um, since we're operating within the matrix of language, I would say yeah. both. I would say both. <laughs> um, but no, my question is like, I guess it's like along the lines of the chat GPT stuff. Because um, it's sort of like, I tend to think of those things not just as 
like discrete tools, but as like products of a social order that is more or less like evenly distributed. And I feel like our cognition is inherently like imbued with the characteristics of AI, even if we're not like using chat GPT, like our idioms and stuff become more, uh, the word I like to use is like ornamental. Um, and that refers to like, uh, a person who knew Benjamin Siegfried Krakauer. He wrote about like the mass ornament during the, the 1930s, which was like, basically like a chorus line that he said was representative of like the Fordist production process. I kind of think that like our language is representative of like the post Fordist production process, which like they like lives in language. Um, so like part of, part of what we're dealing with is like, you know, I don't want to use the N term (laughs) neoliberalism but like you know part of what we're living in is like this over over language is so overbearing like it's supposed you're kind of talking about this with the um the byung-chul han Han. like neoliberalism is like this false intimacy that like yeah kind of like interrogates us through language so shit i don't know what my question is but it is kind of like I feel like we're talk we're talking about how to get out of the trap a little bit and yeah you know increasingly well, I feel like I like to we talk kind of stupider than than we are with our friends which I don't know if that's we're, do you think like smart people were I, always well, doing that <laughs> I mean like we aren't yeah we in in the book I I've been yeah. reading uh, the disappearance of rituals by Byung Chul Han and he's talking about uh he hasn't he hasn't quite connected it i'm about to like finish yeah. um but he was he's talking about um basically like manners yeah like social manners and how uh like the ritual of that as opposed to like the current like neo- neoliberal order which is he's calling for manners return to manners <laughs> He's he basically has a preface at the beginning where he's like, "Hey man, like I'm not like I'm not saying like we gotta yeah. go back." Yeah. He's like, "This is I'm just I'm just noting, just noticing what's been yeah, lost. lost." Yeah. And it's basically like with uh the current the current uh way things are. Basically, it's everything is 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 basically goading us to lose our boundaries. Mm. Um. And to and to give more of ourselves, um, and I I noted to Nick I was like that's what we were doing like I'm reading this book and I'm just like there was like a moment and I said it's both of you I'm like I'm thinking about Anchorette and I was like I don't like I don't know like how I feel like reading this I'm like I'm glad that we're like moving that we realized we like needed to shift something before I read this because if I had read this like like four months ago i would be like bro we need to stop completely um but as opposed to like the rituals of like politeness which is basically and and dress and just like social order everything like the person is like protected and like you can like cultivate like an inner life Mm -hmm. basically because you're everything's based on just like the rules you know um 
and you can just like navigate that and now you like can't there's like nothing you can navigate and i feel like we 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 feel that when we're trying to do basically any kind of interpersonal stuff yeah um he talks about just like it's like a like relating to people now is like this like rush rush to intimacy mm-hmm. like like it's like a competition about like how much you can like divulge um and i don't know like i i have mixed feelings about that because you know uh i mean clearly i'm i'm not like out out here like spilling my guts to everybody but that is you know and maybe maybe that is it is that i'm not doing that and that's why i feel like i can like actually like uh create like little like intimate like grottos with like groups of people um because i do i i personally feel like a fairly formal person Mm -hmm. um in comparison to some other people but not that i don't mean that in this was like in comparison to some other people i know no no no, no. <laughs> but like i don't know it just it 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 really hit me because I, I feel he wasn't he wasn't he was saying like intimacy like in like a regular social setting is yeah. like a complete like new liberal like it is yeah object you know i mean some of the most profound like experiences i've had with language and like friendship have involved like mostly just like sitting in silence with a person yeah Yeah. that's that's what when i was talking about the solution earlier you that was a great segue into it because i just kept thinking like when language fails like you just have to let it fail yeah because any attempt to like find the right words or anything that's really when these pre-built phrases and, and like the intimacy is totally shattered. Like I think of like, like we always joke that the sauna is like a truth serum, you know, and it's because we're so like, and you guys will have to, uh, because I, I've kind of lost the plot, but so Nick, when you're talking about, when, when, when we are talking about chat GPT and like Fordism and, and 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 that like uh, that question, I was thinking about this essay I read one time from a guy named Joshua Four. It was called "The End of Remembering," and yeah. it was it's it's very interesting. His idea was that um, our memories, as technology has progressed, our memories, our memory has been um, increasingly externalized in yeah. that we have access to such a glut of information that no longer is it the case of remembering the information and digesting it. It's knowing how to access it. So if a book used to only come into the monastery, you know, and then you had to copy it down, you would like spend so much intimate time with the text and you'd really focus on memorizing it. Yeah. Like oral histories, you know, like, in that in that Irish yeah. in that Irish history book, the fellow was talking about like how how we have it. We can we can kind of take this stuff on good knowledge, you know, because like they had a lot of time on their hands, and <laughs> and he was talking about how he how the Irish could pretty credibly like memorize the lineages lineages of their their kin back a hundred generations, you know. But you know, but you know, but 
I heard there was a secret yacht The Rizzler played for Kaisena But you're not really from Ohio, are you? It goes like this It's duped and it's been fantastic What I was going to say is once we start talking about the insufficiency of language, we suddenly are like, we have insufficient words because we're trying to talk about, we're trying to like escape language with language, you know? I was thinking about what you said earlier about uh, some of the best moments that you've had with, with people as being like silent. Mm -hmm. um, and I am going like, back to the Byung-Chul Han book, which I didn't really think I was going to be. Uh, it's the most recent thing I read, so of course it's going to be the thing I'm thinking about. But um, yeah, just like it feels like all of us are like so disconnected from our sense of like time that we do just kind of like fill it up with like, yeah, like it's just stuff, like talking about stuff, like fairly informal Mm. and to like just like stop and just like have like a silent moment with people is i mean it can in the wrong circumstance it can feel like excruciating you know like the and yeah. and and in the right circumstance it could be like like ecstatic yeah it's crazy that silence can be like a blockage or like a flow mm -hmm. you know like and it's all I don't know that's like on some John Cage <laughs> shit or something I mean I what I was thinking about when I said that is like um well we Hank and I had a friend Sam uh who passed away and you never met Sam Amen but I was thinking about Sam um and how like I used to like ride around in his car with him a lot um, and talking to him, he had a way of when he was trying to explain something that was at the limits of what he could explain, he would kind of like almost get to it and then just be like, shit, I don't know. Yeah. And then, and then, and then it yeah. would, and then it would just be like, just like silent. silent. Yeah. And that was like a very like weirdly like effective way of like through the repetition of like doing that and sitting with him and he was almost like inviting you to like use language that way too um and i don't think it was a coincidence that sam was like an avant-garde jazz player mm -hmm. um you know that like improvisational yeah the aspect the invitation like all yeah. do my bit and then like yeah are are you going to like play what should be played next exactly and and it's not about whether or not something is going to 
tie up some logical conclusion and he was a very skeptical person of people who was who were rhetorically skilled you know mm-hmm. like um and i think i don't know that that to me is kind of what i meant is like yeah the failure of language is like encoded into language into the medium um that's not a problem necessarily i mean it's a problem in society but um for us is friends you know it's not a problem <laughs> like we can we can handle it but when we're making a podcast we might feel some pressure you know yeah <laughs> i feel the audience right behind I yeah. should, that's what i should have made my background but, is like the, but, the podcast but, but all you listeners need to know it's not a problem you know no we've got this yeah. on lock yeah, stop washing the dishes for one second. Yeah, you know. Can I can I read this Sam Chris quote to you guys? Yeah, and would, you guys can react yeah. to it. You, did you happen to read this, Eamon? Yep. You did. Yeah. We should start posting React videos to YouTube. It's like you just reading off yes. paragraphs. <laughs> All right. Um, so this is from a Sam Chris essay that our friend Sam Fishman punished shared in the boys chat the essay is looks like it's from 2021 and it's on his website and it's called three, 30,000 years of hurt and Sam Chris is a I guess Jewish British writer um, who's really funny and smart um, but this is a he opens the essay by with the sentence, there is not an England. Um, and he kind of talks about why that is and what he means by that. But then his second section is um, called, there is not an English language. So I'll just read what he wrote. What we speak is an idiot pigeon, a grunting caveman version of Anglo-Saxon, stripped down enough to be understood by the rampaging Danes. The only Indo-European language without any grammatical gender, a dramatically simplified system of conjugation, the faintest ghost of a declension, now mostly limited to the personal pronouns, a flowing poetical syntax, now jammed up in rigid word orders. Actual English, with all its, gramma- with all its grammar intact, is something very foreign, unremembered and unintelligible. And then he has this quote in Old English that I can't read. Um, present day translation all right let me tell you about a cool dream i had last night if the saxons could hear us they'd think we had brain damage and they wouldn't be alone those who didn't grow up speaking our idiot dialect tend to notice something hard and ugly there poetic turns of phrase that would be completely unremarkable in french or german become something else when translated into english either an obnoxious floweriness or else cliche People who try to write elegantly in English end up sounding like twats, because this is an argot born in the ashes of monasteries and composed of burning books. It's for rating and trading, establishing quantities of one thing and their equivalent in another. Wool, barley, bond certificates, lives. A pared-down grammar for a people who do not share a common world. The writing schools encourage a plain, frank, simple style. If you want to be successful, if you want to turn words into cash. Language itself becomes something like money, the blankness of a universal equivalent. No wonder English took over the world. 
It's a speech already atomized. For hundreds of years, it prefigured the emergence of capitalism, a flow without codes, hence the much celebrated vastness of its lexis. Any word of any origin can be incorporated, eaten by English, so long as the digestive process melts away all its grammar, all the structures that make it part of a system of meanings and not just an agglutination of sounds. You can see it happening today in the mania for scratching off every grammatical gender we encounter. Latinx, Filipinex, unpronounceable in Spanish, but so what? Even the last remaining forms of English grammar are being eroded from the inside out. Business emails. Can you action this by Tuesday? Supermarket posters. Time to organic your September. Slogans. Get that deliciousness feeling. Unleash your fierce. I'm hamburgers it. <laughs> this kind of thing couldn't happen in any other language. When people want to commit such barbarisms in non-English speaking countries, they're forced to replace the native words with English. Because English is not a language, but with the slop and mulch that remains once language has disintegrated. A puddle without syntax, where oiled, where oiled lexemes sprawl over each other, each point frictionless and interchangeable. Adjective, adjectively gone noon, nounish. <laughs> adjectively gone nounish. Verbs to interjection and conjugation to preposition of but when after in. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I know that was super long. No, he's. Uh, I'll a... respond with my favorite uh, English sign in Bogota mm -hmm. because he's right on. I, I before I read that, like he put the words into my mouth because I always would say English is a vibe. Yeah. Like to Colombians, English is just a vibe. Like I, there, I love this sign on the Septima in Bogota, and it says. We heart dentistry. We heart aesthetic. <laughs> we heart dentistry. We heart aesthetic. Yeah, it's a neon sign for a dentist's <laughs> office above the septima. And I found, yeah, when, especially like I work at a company that's, I work at a company where all of the employees are in Mexico, on the, and we all speak Spanish. But when there's a new, absolutely horrific, like corporate speak word. Yeah, it would never get translated, you know. So like, we will have a full conversation. It'll just be Spanish, punctuated by these utterly fake words in English, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, that I mean that hit. I almost feel like that's like a perfect end to it because yeah. it's like exactly like <laughs> we're not gonna solve it because we, yeah, <laughs> like because I can't speak to you guys in a language other than English. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, like, it is the Babel language. It is the like inter language. And in doing so it's like eaten all the language and like, yeah. Um, but that's, what's dope about it. We love, we love, so English. <laughs> we, we love the vibe. Uh, that's, and that's what makes it hard. I've had that realization that like learning English, you know, like, yeah, I look backwards upon English and I'm like, we have such a rudimentary language, right? Like it has been stripped of grammatical gender. Yeah. Uh, the verb conjugations are absolutely like barren, you know, I run, you run, mm -hmm. he runs. Ooh, we got an S in there. <laughs> but um, like the difficulty of English thus is not to learn the language itself. It's to learn 
because it's such an amalgamation of so many things, the incoherent pronunciation, you know? Yeah. So it's like... Almost it's, like it's, not being inside the culture of English, which is like a very strange culture. Yeah. is It makes it so hard to figure out yeah you gotta be on like the bleeding edge of like yeah of of of, uh slang in order like i feel like we're always like like we both the there's like the slickery but there's also just like damn the brand new feeling dropped you know yeah exactly i like coming back to the miracle of language though like you don't realize the true miracle of language until you try to like actually once you get more entrenched in another language and you lose all capacity to speak without uh like when i speak right now thought and language are inseparable you know mm. but in spanish unless i'm saying something if i try to say anything complex i'm like i see behind into like the gears of cognition and think of it you know so in that way i'm always more thoughtful in spanish and i, I you know except for like the whatever 20 idioms i have but i still say them like a it's a joke you know it doesn't it's not like from the heart you know yeah it doesn't hit yo necesito ganas no querer ganar si algún día perdiese mi miedo a perder me duele haber corrido para no llegar Ahora sé que el camino es la meta también Ya me crecieron miedos que nunca eduqué Y me sé las respuestas por no preguntar Ya sentí como nadie cuando tuve el bien Y lloré como todos cuando algo se va Nadie te enseña a ser fuerte pero te obligan Nunca nadie quiso un débil para confiar Nadie te enseña los pasos en un mundo que te obliga cada día a poder levantarte y caminar Donde fuiste tan feliz siempre regresarás Aunque confundas dolor con la felicidad Y ya no seas ni tú mismo pero piensas en ti mismo y eso matará Y ojalá nunca te abracen por última vez Hay tantos con quien estar pero no con quien ser Tan solo somos caminos que suelen torcer Venes de complejos sueltos que debemos de vencer Ojalá si te aceptasen por primera vez Y entendiesen que es que todos merecemos bien Que no existe una persona que no deba detener Ya que somos circunstancias que nunca elegimos ser Confianza nunca volvió con el tiempo Y el fruto de mi vida no se basa en lo que tengo Y si todos los instantes pudiesen pasar más lentos ¿Acaso dudarías esta vez en el intento? Y si entendiésemos que sí somos perfectos A pesar de borrones que quieran manchar el lienzo Todo es una suma aunque eso no lo piensa el resto Una cosa es lo que soy, otra tan solo lo que muestro Que yo ya no temo perder sino dar por perdido Que yo ya no quiero vencer sino estar convencido Que mucho antes de estar contento debo estar conmigo Que voy a mirar a la soga Para decirle sigo Que voy a parar de exigirme todo lo que me pido Y voy a aprender a aceptar lo que nunca consigo Que voy a parar de culparme, mentirme, fallarme Decirme tarde verdades que necesito Porque también dediqué tiempo a quien ya no se acuerda ni de mí También pegué los trozos de lo mismo que después partí Tampoco me he entendido y he entendido que eso será así No he estado confundido, he confundido con lo peor de mí Me he mudado a problemas y he querido ser feliz allí He dado vuelta en círculos por no quitarte en medio a ti He preguntado a todos para poder definirme a mí Decirlo un río que se pare y deje de fluir Nadie te enseña a ser fuerte pero te obliga Nunca nadie quiso un débil para confiar Nadie te enseña los pasos en un mundo que te obliga Cada día a poder levantarte y caminar Donde fuiste tan feliz siempre regresarás Aunque confundas dolor con la felicidad Y ya no seas ni tú mismo pero pienses en ti mismo 
y eso matará Y ojalá nunca te abracen por última vez Hay tantos con quien estar pero no con quien ser No solo somos caminos que suelen torcer Miles de complejos sueltos que debemos de vencer Ojalá si te aceptasen por primera vez Y entendiesen que es que todos merecemos bien Que no existe una persona que no deba detener Ya que somos circunstancias que nunca elegimos ser. 